You are at war with yourself and likely don't realize it. Your thoughts, beliefs, habits, and actions often sabotage you. Are they helping you overcome adversity or setting you up for failure? To win this battle, you must connect with your inner warrior. We all have a warrior within us, one that strengthens our resolve and helps us to rise to meet life's challenges. If you're just surviving rather than thriving, then it's time to embrace the warrior archetype, live the warrior ethos and ascend. If you are a veteran, first responder, or someone looking to take charge of your life, find your tribe, and then be the hero of your own story, this podcast is for you. Join Mike Kinney and Matt Hastings, two retired U.S. Army officers who served in U.S. Army Special Operations and Army Aviation Units, as they share with you optimal performance practices they learned in their time with the Military and Warriors Ascent, a 501c3 nonprofit that helps veterans and warriors with PTS. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to the Warriors Ascent Podcast with your hosts, Mike and Matt. So we are on episode eight, self-efficacy, algorithms, systems, habits, rituals, all of that. So it'll be, it'll be kind of interesting. So let me ask, have you ever wondered how it is that some people can exercise such a high degree of willpower and discipline while others cannot? It seems like almost like an innate ability, right? Yeah. Like you either have it or you don't. Mm. What in fact, that's not really necessarily the case. Would you find it surprising if I told you that it is somewhat related to the reason that Steve Jobs wore the same outfit, that iconic black turtleneck every day, right? Mm. Believe it or not. I didn't know he uh, had a reason behind that. There, yes, 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 yes. So it's the concept of ego depletion and decision fatigue, right? So. They would say that he just didn't want to have to be bothered every day mm. deciding what it was that he was going to wear, wow. you know, to, I'm sure to keep up appearances. I'm sure there was so much to that. that um, I'm certain he didn't want to like look like a slob, but I'm sure he's not, he didn't want to waste the time and mental energy of going, okay, what am I going to wear today so that I can keep up appearances? It was just very simple. I'm going to wear the same stuff. And that way I can expend my mental energy on the things that are important to me, running Apple. Man, I kind of, I saw that in the military. I didn't have to choose what to wear either. I kind of like that. <laughs> that way, all this brain, this big brain of mine could be used towards, you know. That's right, because you didn't have to worry about what you were terrorism issues, right. Because the big army, Uncle Sam, decided that for you. At first, I just had to remember which side to put my name and which side to put U.S. Army, and those, that was the hard part, you know. But yeah, your name no. is always right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> no, that's just, it was the same thing at West Point. I mean, I remember when, I'm, when I was getting ready to graduate, you know, at the cadet store, you know, that had like real like civilian clothes and stuff going to the lady and saying, Hey, can you kind of mentor me? <laughs> because I've been wearing a uniform now, yeah. you know, for, for so long and I'm about to embark on this career and, you know, I, I need to know what like proper say. And I remember she said to me, she says, uh, you know, those concert t-shirts that you all like, I'm like, like, like Metallica. She's like, yeah, yeah. She goes, you know what those are good for? I was like, oh, washing your car. Washing your car. Washing your car. Don't ever wear them. <laughs> no, but she gave me all sorts of rules of thumb. But no, there's something to be said about it. You yeah. know, that A, 
man, and, you know, not to be like a mindless drone or slave, but when you're not having to worry about that, when you're not trying to, you know, impress and keep up with, you know, everyone else when it's like, Hey, you're well, all wearing the same thing anyway, yeah, not yeah. to go on and on about that, but decision fatigue. So in terms of algorithms, systems, habits, and rituals, how does that play into decision fatigue and willpower and discipline, right? Well, there's a fellow named Roy Baumeister. He wrote the book on willpower titled. Let me guess, willpower. There you go. So he actually wrote the book on willpower, right? And in that, and I mean, I read this thing way back, but in essence, what I remember of it is this notion that willpower is almost like a muscle, right? You, You can deplete it. It's not the case that you either have it or that you don't. Or that some people are born with just inexhaustible levels of willpower. That's not the case at all. And what they've come to find is that people that seem to have a high degree of discipline and willpower have actually created systems and processes and rituals. They've set the conditions for that such that, in the case of Steve Jobs, they're not exhausting their, their... you know, store of willpower on stupid things like, what am I going to wear today? You know, they've set those conditions. Yeah. So it, it said willpower versus discipline. I'll credit, you know, Jocko Willink, you know, the seal. Yeah. He goes on to say that if you're depending on willpower and motivation, right? Motivation, like, well, hey, let me tap into my motivation to work out. Your motivation will fail you because you're, we'll say your motivation is, we'll say somewhat loosely tied to, to that willpower, right? Whereas if you've got that discipline, you've got those rituals, those algorithms, those systems that you're like, this is just what I do. Whether I want to or not, I've made the commitment. I will follow the algorithm. I will follow the ritual and the system and I will do that. But Mm -hmm. that is a much better way of assuring that you're going to do what needs to be done. And that's the power of the algorithms, systems. And those people seem like superhumans, you know, but there is tools and trade craft to get there. Right. So. You get the Gogginses of the world, you know, that, yeah. no, clearly, I mean, there's some people with the spark and we talked about this, uh, you know, b- you know, earlier today, um, there's a point at which you've got those incremental wins where you're chalking up those successes and you're proving to yourself in your mind. And there's definitely a mental component to that, that no, I, I, I can, honor the commitments to myself, right? And, I can, uh, and I've shown myself that I, I can live up to that and I can achieve certain things. And that is truly the self-efficacy that we, that we spoke of. But then there's a point at which, you know, you get to the point where you've just done it for so long that it transcends just the ritual. Right. It transcends the whole sense of self-efficacy. It becomes like your, your, your self-image and identity. <sighs> It becomes this notion of, no, this is, this is what I do. And I think I've mentioned that Lanny Basham book with Winning in Mind, where he's, you know, and he was the, the rifle shooter, where he, you know, he's shooting, and rather than, if he misses a shot, rather than beating himself up, he would just be like, needs work, needs work, let it go, needs work. But then when, he, make it when he hit the, the bull, yeah. right, then he's like, that's not like, oh, thank God. No, that's like me. That's what he would say. That's like me. It's just reinforcing that, nope, that's what I do. I shoot bullseyes all day long, right? And if he misses, oops, needs work. That's, that's you know, that's, that's pretty cool. That's the difference. Mind trick or, you know, good way to talk to yourself. Mm-hmm. 
So setting the conditions for success, right? So why have a system or ritual, right? Ego depletion, right? And decision fatigue. That's why. Because if you look at willpower as a muscle, right? It's something that can be depleted. It's those systems, those rituals that safeguard against that by and large. And you're always, you know, there, there's, you don't have an inexhaustible source of that. But getting back to decision fatigue, when you make it an option, should I or shouldn't I? There it is, you know, then you're like, all right, you know, yes, no. And it just wears on you versus nope, that's what I do. And we talked about the, you know, the PT ritual. What, yeah. what, is, your, what is your PT ritual? How is it that you ensure that you're doing your, you know, your physical training well, in the morning? you know, that's kind of an interesting one. I, I, the reason I do it is I hire a guy, you know. I hire a trainer and I make a schedule with them and I got to be there or one, I'm going to be embarrassed because the trainer's going to be there and I'm not, it's going to cost me money and I'm not going to be there. And that's stupid. So it's just a way for me, you know, those are things that I just would never, if I have an appointment, I would never miss it. That's what I do. And so that's my discipline. Um, this guy, the reason I'm disciplined towards him is I, you know, we talk about discipline versus motivation and, I see this young guy, 20 years old, you know, and he can lift everything in his body. He's just building his body. And it's like, it's become who he is, you know, and he's studying it. He's studying the physics and he comes in and he start, he's teaching me everything exactly why this ligament moves that muscle over here. And if this isolation here, you know, and I mean, I can see him becoming this, you know, food. Um, the one day I had him, we had him for dinner, said, Hey, do you want some dessert? And he's like, does this look like I eat dessert? <laughs> and I was like, no, it, it does not look like you eat so dessert. Turbo, you know, so, turbo body <laughs> softener, right? You yeah, know, it's these kind of disciplinary that. things. And it's, I like how you said it. It's just like, it's not something I want to do. It's not something I talk about doing. It's who I am. It's what I do. So, I mean, in the physical training ways, like the, one of the big rituals I did as a helicopter driver was we called I called it building my nest. As soon as I would get in, whichever side, it was a big deal to sit in the left seat or the right seat. It just depended on what was going on. I was I would stay disciplined, and I would if I was in the left seat last time, I'd move to the right seat the next time, and I just went back and forth. But and that's because things were in different spots. You know, like if if I wanted system one to take over and I needed something in the right seat, I need it with my left hand. If I'm in the other seat, I need it with my right hand. So I needed to be equally fast, equally be able to pick both hands from both sides. But so what I would sit in the aircraft and, you know, I'd have a knee board here and, you know, some maps on this leg strapped down. And then I've got this kind of a flashlight going over my neck here. And I got night vision goggles up here and I got some kind of pack back here. And, you know, you've, you've got ammo here and you've just got everything where you don't have to think. Um, and it's just so that if just the slightest things happens, I just know right where to be, you know, and that when you're about to face a whirlwind of who knows to have those kind of pre done rituals you know we talked about system one and training it and training it until it just was second nature you know that was that was what ran my world and able allowed me to be efficient and stay up with such a chaotic fast-paced world so there's almost yeah habits rituals 
algorithms, you know, if this happens, we have this warning light. Yeah. We do this. You don't have to think about it. You know, I know we've talked at length about that. I mean, in the, in this is instance, in terms of self-efficacy, I would say it speaks to efficiency mm-hmm. as well. How quickly, I mean, how quickly would you be able to respond if a warning light came on and then you had to use system two deliberate logic and thinking so, all right, well, what might that mean? Well, it could mean a variety of different things. Let's yeah, talk yeah. about this, guys. The <laughs> aircraft would have fallen out of the air <laughs> right. by then. Maybe. You just yeah. know, boom, here's what it is that we need to do. Bam, bam, bam. So from an efficiency standpoint. We even took that well. to, let's say, to crash drills. Like we're in theater in a bad guy land and we crash and we simulate all four of us lived and now we have to get out of this aircraft and leave it quickly. And we can't leave any of our secret equi- secret material, right. secret yeah, equipment. Crypto and all that. Yeah, crypto stuff. Um, and it's, it's embedded in our GPSs, our radio. So we, we had it where, okay, we were on the ground and each person has. And a thermite. We don't have thermite, which would be nice, but it's kind of scary to carry on. I don't know. Love yeah, I mean, on. if that goes off in your helicopter. Yeah, but we would do you're, like, you're okay. You're in some real trouble, you, man. You have the crash action. You're going to smash the GPS and these two radios. You're over here with this thing, breaking this. You're, somebody's climbing up top, kicking this one component off the top. Um, and you're, somebody's pulling security, grabbing, you know, 240 hotel machine guns and crew in our, on our individual weapons. And we're something we already know who's in command. Once we hit the ground, we already know if that person's dead, who's in command next. All the way down to you're the last person kind of a thing. So, I mean, all of that is, and then we rehearse it, you know, and um, even in, even in our operation centers, they're doing battle drills over troops in contact, everything, you know, uh, if an aircraft went down fallen angel, if the troops are in contact, if we had an attack on the base, you know, all the things. Mm-hmm. And it was so mechanical and, um, that they would actually just pull a list. If this happens, come on. And somebody would scream, you know, tension in the dock. And they'd just start going through this huge checklist mm-hmm. so that you couldn't even make a mistake. But what I saw happen when that was going on is a lot of people that would have been panicked, but I have a task. And I can't be panicked because I just have this task to do. And it just, you know, it makes the whole environment a lot more calm. And I'm sure it does that to your head too. No, there's something to be said about that. Did you fall right in on that that routine? You know, call it call it an algorithm. Mm-hmm. And uh, you're right. I, I would imagine there is, you know, a, a calming effect to that because you, you, it, there's the the automaticity <laughs> associated with that. It's like you know, I don't want to say you're a non-thinking robot, but at that point, you you kind of are. It just takes over. You're not. Oh my God, things are going to go yeah. poorly. You're like, boom, execute the checklist, man. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, no, absolutely. So you talked about system one and system two, right? So mm-hmm. that's important as well. So system one, automatic, I'll say habituated behavior, right? Less, I'll say onerous, right? Less energy depleting, right? So we talk about ego depletion. System two, Daniel Kahneman, right? So from thinking fast and slow, all system two, lazy system two. That's your logic and reasoning. It's the same system you use for 
solving a system of equations, you know, any, yeah. any variety of things. And every time, you know, I'm doing algebra with the kids, they're like, oh, God, oh, you know, this and that. And I have to sit back and kind of remember, okay, yeah, that's right. You know, this is how you do this. It's been a while. Um, and yeah, you've, you've got to think those things through and say, okay, you know, here's how you solve this, how these are, how these, this is how these rules apply to, to whatever it might be. Um, and yeah, it's, it's a little bit, it's a little bit onerous. So really bottom line is the more critical systems or activities you can relegate to system one, where it just becomes a routine or a habit, the easier it is to do. Um, the more efficient it is and the less energy taxing. We'll see is. how good you do uh, teaching that algebra with somebody shooting at you. <laughs> a little system right. two in a hurry. That's right. No, yeah. that's, that's, no that, that is exactly it. <laughs> that, that wouldn't make for a good yeah, right. day. Right. So uh, we talk about, you know, if then implementation intentions in terms of algorithms, right? Pre-commitments and coping so that, I'll say, relates to cognitive behavioral therapy, dialectical behavior therapy. Um, and I, I want to say, if then implementation intention, if I'm not mistaken, is Gabriel. I'll say the power of that is making those pre-commitments almost, I'll say almost system one. You know, if then, we'll, we'll use if then Boolean logic, right? If this happens, then I'm going to do this, right? So Steve Jobs, if or when I wake up, then I'm going to put on a black turtleneck. Bam, that's it. It's done. He doesn't wake up and go, okay, if I wake up, well, then I've got about a thousand different things I can do. This is the same thing. And much like the examples that you used, if this red indicator light for engine one comes on, do this. this is what yeah. I'm going to do. Not, yeah. oh my God, I've got a myriad of courses of action and yeah. remedial actions that I could take. Let me synthesize which too much, right. too much, especially as you pointed out under duress where you're, you're thinking logic system two. When faced with a situation like that, you're, you're not going to make prudent decisions. It's too stressful. Yeah. You fall back on that, you you know, that, that, that mm -hmm. automatic, that automaticity, that, uh, um, you know, habituated behaviors that you're like, holy cow, this is just what I do in these circumstances. And I'll say to a lesser degree, you know, if in the cognitive behavioral and dialectical behavior therapy uh, context, when they say coping ahead, what they're getting at is, when you are recurringly finding yourself in stressful situations, usually individuals, people that trigger you, piss you off, or, or situations at work, rather than same thing, I've, I'm faced with this and you just fly off the handle, or how do I handle this? If you go in with a pre-commitment or you cope ahead in anticipation of, you're far more likely to have a better outcome. So in terms of self-efficacy, how effectively you handle a situation like that when you can already preordain, this is what I'm going to do in this situation, you're going to execute much better, which gets back to what we were saying is when you set the conditions for success well ahead of time, that's, that's the better option for you, rather than it be discovery learning again and again and again. So that's, that's real important as well. So that's where we mean 
whether it's an algorithm, a habit, a ritual, you know, in certain circumstances. And then there are ones where we'll talk about, you know, what your day looks like, you know, your wake up ritual, your shutdown ritual, your bedtime ritual, sleep rituals, and things like that, you know, so that you can really begin to carve out your day. So you know, this, that's what I'll say, a masterpiece day. I had a good example of yeah. what happened uh, this, this weekend. I was luckily invited to a baby shower and I happily went. I'm just going to say that. You happily went. Happily went. Sweet. But as we came, opened the door to this place, there was a lot of people and I knew none of them, none of them. I knew the one person that the reason I was there. And I thought, wow, there's a lot of people in this crowded room. And so I found the back wall, planted my wall, my back to it, which is what I do when I find myself in those situations. I, I'm usually pretty good, but sometimes I have to go, I have to view the room for a while, maybe breathe for a minute and kind of get things under control before I feel all right in a room like that. And as I was standing there, this guy sitting next to me. And as we started thinking, it's like, this guy was doing the same thing I was doing. And I'm like, hey, man, how you doing? You know, are you uh, scoping the room out, putting your head? He's like, yeah, I'm uh, sorry, man, I'm a veteran. And I was like, <laughs> so we started talking, you know, it was hilarious. We were both doing, and so he goes, I, I call this coping ahead. He told me that. And I was like, well, that's awesome. You know, like, talk, talk to me about it. And he goes, well, I just knew that this room was going to be full of people that I probably didn't know. So I was just going to find a wall in the back where I could see everyone. I was like, and then I feel good. And then I said, what if you don't feel good? And he goes, well, I started a breathing technique I use. And I'm like, wow. So this guy had been somewhere in a very Jeez. similar program, kind of a program. And, but it was kind of neat because uh, I was doing the same thing. He was doing the same thing. And um, it's, you know, it's a good strategy. He's well-trained. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I was good. He had, you know, he had all the coping my, my thing was like, yeah, I don't out. love to feel the need to do that. But again, it's like... Ah, once I've done it for a second, I'm, I'm good, you know, and then I can move around if I need to or whatever, but it's just my initial place to be, you know, so. In anticipation of exactly that, you know, entering into a situation like that and going, oh my God, I'm overwhelmed. There's so many people. When he's like, no, if, if I go to this thing and it, it is just a crush of humanity, then I'm going to find a space on the wall where I can see everybody. And if that's not sufficient, um, you know, and, yeah. I'm going to do breathing and I'll be good to go. And that's perfect. That yeah, is, that is perfect. coping ahead or pre-commitments or all of that. That's, that's a great law enforcement of- officer that had been to a West coast, you know, place that they had gone to. I don't know. So pretty cool. You know, that yeah. it's a, a strategy that's effective for, I mean, it could have been a school teacher. It could have been anybody that could have used that technique. Yeah. That's good. So yeah, I'll borrow a, a term from my friend Brian Johnson, who runs Optimize and Heroic, you know, masterpiece day. So architecting your day, what does that look like, right? Whether it's daily battle rhythm, as we say in the military, what have you. But he'll talk about AM and PM bookends. So what does the AM look like for you? What are the rituals, the wake-up ritual, PM bookend, you know, when you shut down? What does that look like? What are the rituals that you have so you start your day well? You end your day well. And again, the intent there being is not to be a mindless automaton, right? Mm-hmm. But to have certain rituals, certain habits, certain systems that start the day off on the right foot, that it's not accidental or incidental. And that's the other thing I think people believe is 
Well, some people are just positive. Some people are just effective. Some people just have great energy. It's this innate ability. They just have it. We all know people that, yeah, they've got certain innate abilities. But by and large, what we're trying to get across is a lot of it is created. It's crafted by the systems that people employ, right? Whether it's intention, attention, and attitude, right? Going into any situation and then having that ritual, like, hey, what is the attitude? I think I'll, you know, Oprah, you know, you're responsible for the energy you bring into this room or this situation. Being mindful of that, you know, not just reactive, but I'm going to be positive. I'm going to be energetic. I'm going to be thoughtful. I'm going to be a good listener. Right. But having, you know, that ritual or that habit wherein before I enter a threshold or a room, I'm going to go into every situation having in my mind determined what I'm going to do. I think that's, that's important. So, you know, morning rituals, um, wake up in the morning. You know, some people will say that you should be able to script it. I mean, for certain, not, certainly not every hour of your day, but the rituals that are important to you, the real stage setter, setting the conditions for a good day. You know, so I'm saying, get up, six o'clock, go for a walk, bam, drink my tea, I make tea, bam, green tea usually, boom, come back, you know, meditate 10 minutes out on the deck, boom. After that, I make my coffee with my MCT oil or whatever, boom. After that, you know, interact with the kids. After that, take the kids to school, work out, stretch, do whatever it is. It's pretty much, that's pretty much it every day. You know, at night, hey, shut down complete, you know, no, uh, you know, no social media beyond a certain time, no blue screens, blue lights, you know, all of that. Um, work systems, priorities, right? Put them on the calendars we've mentioned in a previous yep. episode, you know, so that's important. Time blocking, right? To be effective. Same thing. It's like, if something's important, if I have a certain objective, to just say, all right, yeah, I'll get to it. No, you got to put a block of time on the cap. As a technique, Pomodoro, and I believe in Italian, it means um, tomato. And the reason, mm. the reason, you know, that, that, you know, that that's a thing is there was the, the guy that invented the Pomodoro technique, his timer was like a tomato. It was huh. in the shape of a tomato or something like, something crazy. Regardless. What that's about is saying, hey, for the next 20, 30, 50 minutes, I'm going to commit to this, no distractions. Yeah. Once it's done, I'm going to go and take a 10-minute break. But having those discrete time blocks and a commitment with no distractions is a powerful technique. Yeah, very right? powerful. Yeah, so those are just some, I'll say, effective techniques to get the most out of your day in terms of setting those priorities, allocating time, um, you know, and then a means of, oh, well, what does a time block look like? Well. A, a 50 minute Pomodoro with no distractions. You, you link a series of those together three or four throughout the day. You've been really pretty productive. So work closeout rituals. Um, hey, answering all your emails, doing yeah. whatever, setting the task maybe for the next day so that like we get back to the Steve Jobs. So that the first thing in the morning, you're not deciding what do I what, do I'm gonna, what am I going to do today? It's like, no, that's been already pre-decided for you at the close of the business day, right? Shut down ritual. What that's about is leave work at home and now transition to your family life. And I know sometimes people take the work home with them. I got that. But in as much as you can, 
Healthy boundaries, as our yoga guy, Carrie says, right? You make that boundary. Work is done, yeah. shut down, complete, and now it's dad time or husband yeah. time or whatever I used it to, might like, be. When I was flying late, it was always because I was doing some kind of training on somebody. And you'd be done at 3 in the morning. Everybody wanted to leave. It's like, nah, man, we got to sit down. We got to do an after action. Oh, can't we do that in the morning? It's like, nah, I don't know. Like, what, if you, what if one of us doesn't make it back? You know, like, no, we're doing it right now because... We did it today. If I, this isn't documented, it didn't happen. That's the system. That's part of your, it's part your of close out, your close, close out ritual. Out. Yeah. Right. And once it's closed out, then like I can quit thinking about it. You know, that's, I can go no, to bed. There's I can something sleep. there too. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You, you've gotten it all out of your mind. You're not, yeah. it's, it's not a do out. It's not, it's not a hanging Chad. Right. <laughs> hanging you know? Chad, man. <laughs> Where you're like, oh man, I did. You're like, no action yeah. complete. I can sleep well because I know. I did all the right things. And it's just another one of those victories. You know, it's like done. It just right. feels good to add to that list. Right. Now, so, you know, in, in closing, right, as we've mentioned, right, algorithms, systems, habits, rituals, system one, the more automatic you can make it, the better. I'll say implement more of those if you want to streamline your, your, your effectiveness, right? Decisions, they fall into the realm of system two. Um, not saying don't make decisions, but the more decisions you make, have to make, understand that ego depletion is a thing and it'll fatigue you. So the more things that you can make automatic, the better. We're necessary, right? Willpower is like a muscle. It fatigues, you know, with exercise. So just kind of think of that. Think of that when you're making a multitude of decisions, right? Implement routines and habits to improve, to, to improve discipline by automating those key activities and really tapping into that system one, right? So that could be wake up, exercise, a variety of things. Rituals are a good way to set the conditions for success, as we've said. So in terms of self-efficacy, and I say that's the easy button because it's not easy. No, nothing's easy. Nothing's easy, right? Um, As Clausewitz says, right? But... But it's better when you can control, when you know you're in control of the things you can control. Control the control. And you, and you can't control the things you can't control. And understanding that that's going to happen and plan around that. I mean. It's equanimity. It's equanimity. It's like control what you can, uh, accept the things that you can't, yep. and then have the wisdom to know the difference between them. Yeah. All right. All right, my brother. All right. Another good one. Thanks a lot. Oh. Hi, Matt Hastings here, sending a thank you for watching this episode of the Warriors Ascent podcast. You know, we strive to build a community of warriors made up of our nation's veterans and first responders, and to reach as many of those in need as possible, we need your help. Please just smash that like button and comment or share our content. Warriors Ascent is a Kansas City-based nonprofit that aids veterans and first responders with PTS. I went through this effective program and want those that are struggling to find what I found. Check us out on our website at wordsdescent.org.